Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. So Celeste, we've been talking about Google's recent defeat in its antitrust battle with Epic Games. This is a significant upset to the business model underpinning the mobile app ecosystem, isn't it? Indeed, James, it's a sweeping victory for Epic Games. But the question on everyone's mind is, what does this ruling mean for app developers? Right. It's not as straightforward as it seems. The case isn't over until a judge decides what Google's penalty should be. A jury did find that Google willfully acquired or maintained monopoly power by engaging in anti-competitive conduct. But the exact remedy is yet to be determined. So, we're in a bit of a holding pattern. Google is unlikely to roll out any significant changes to its Google Play Store until the judge makes a final decision. So for now, it's business as usual for developers. Absolutely. But the real game changer here is the potential impact on the App Store business model itself. Paul Swanson, a partner at law firm Holland & Hart, believes this decision could affect other marketplaces where a company has created its own platform and gets to dictate the rules, like the App Store's 30% commission. That's a big deal. We're talking about a model that's been the backbone of companies like Google and Apple for years. The jury in the Google case found that app buying and distribution are separate markets, which could lead other big companies to reconsider their business models. Exactly. It's a wake-up call for companies that have enjoyed a walled garden business model. And Swanson also suggests that this legal risk might encourage other businesses to change, even without being taken to court. And let's not forget the potential for class action lawsuits. This ruling could pave the way for other potential plaintiffs to argue their own cases. True, but it's worth noting that we haven't seen any rumblings of other lawsuits from app makers yet. Rick Van Meter, executive director of the Coalition for App Fairness, pointed out that this case was significant because it involved consumers, the members of a jury, determining that Google's conduct was anti-competitive. But there's still skepticism about how Google will implement the judge's decision, right? The Coalition for App Fairness has concerns about Google and even Apple skirting the spirit of the law or a court's ruling. Yes, there's certainly a lack of trust. Van Meter even suggested that the ruling could prompt the Supreme Court to take up Epic's other suit against Apple. That would be a significant development. But it's also important to remember that the Google Epic ruling may not directly impact Apple's ongoing case with Epic. The ways the two platforms achieved market power aren't the same. That's a good point, Celeste. And while Epic has championed the verdict as a win for all app developers and consumers around the world, there are many more dominoes that need to fall to truly dismantle the App Store business model. And let's not forget about the upcoming legislation in other markets, like Europe's Digital Market Act and the UK's Digital Markets Competition and Consumers Bill. These could also play a crucial role in reshaping the App Store business model. Absolutely. It's a complex landscape, and we'll have to see how it all unfolds. But one thing is clear. The Google Epic decision is a significant milestone in the ongoing debate over the fairness of the App Store business model. Couldn't agree more, James. And as Van Meter pointed out, just because it is your business model does not mean it is legal or that it's right. This is certainly a space to watch. While we're on the topic of transformative business models in the tech industry, 
let's pivot to a story that's making waves in the world of Web3. It involves LineNext, the Web3 unit of the popular Japanese messaging app Line, and a significant amount of funding they've just secured. Let's dive into the details. So, LineNext, the Web3 unit of the Japanese messaging app Line, has successfully raised a whopping $140 million in funding. This round was led by Crescendo Equity Partners, which is a Peter Thiel-backed private equity firm in South Korea. That's a significant sum. And this comes after LineNext's browser-only beta service, right? It was a consumer-to-consumer marketplace on their NFT platform, Dossi. Exactly, Celeste. They used the Dossi beta to test the waters for various Web3 services, like NFT platforms, avatar features, games, and entertainment. And according to Wusa Kim, LineNext's business director... Wait, so they're going to use this new funding to launch the official Dossi platform and Web3 services, and all of this is happening in January next year? Yep, you got it. And it's not just that. They're also launching the Dossi mobile app to global users, integrating games and over 100 partners of Line NFT in Japan into the Dossi platform. Plus, they're providing a new development tool to help Web2 brands transition into Web3 digital products, and users will be able to trade their products directly on Dossi. That's a lot. But there's more, right? Something about a social app and AI avatars? Indeed. They're releasing a new social app that lets users communicate via AI avatars. And they're also launching new Web3 games featuring Line's character, Brown and Friends. It's a complete Web3 ecosystem. They're building a whole ecosystem, and they're aiming to make Web3 popular for everyone. That's ambitious. It is. But they've got the numbers to back it up. During its beta product period, LineNext attracted 5.5 million users globally, with over 470,000 cumulative transactions, and they're not slowing down. I'm curious about their take on the NFT market, though. It's been a roller coaster ride over the past year or so. True, but LineNext seems pretty optimistic. They believe NFTs will become a new standard for valuable digital goods, and despite the downturn, they're aiming to build and expand the market. That's a bold move, and they're not just a marketplace, they're also a platform. Right? They make money by charging platform fees? Yes. And they're planning to create additional revenue models as they continue to issue, distribute, and trade digital products. It's a comprehensive approach. And they're leveraging their global infrastructure and knowledge, which sets them apart from the competition. Plus, their public blockchain mainnet, Finchia, is 400x faster and 98% cheaper than Ethereum. That's a huge advantage. Absolutely. It's clear that LineNext has big plans for the future of Web3, and with this latest round of funding, they're well on their way to making those plans a reality. From the digital world of Web3 and NFTs, let's now shift our focus to an equally important but more tangible issue, energy efficiency. It's a topic we don't think about often, but did you know a large amount of energy we consume is wasted due to inefficient buildings? Let's delve into that. So Celeste, have you ever thought about how much energy we waste through inefficient buildings? Well, James, it's not something I've considered in depth, but I'm aware it's a significant issue. Why do you ask? Well, there's this Berlin-based startup, EcoWorks, that's taking on this very problem. They're using AI, digital tech, and even industrial robots to improve the energy efficiency of buildings. It's a huge task, given that around three-quarters of European buildings are considered energy inefficient. That's a staggering figure, 
And it's not just about reducing energy bills. It's about reaching net zero emissions by 2050. So how does EcoWorks plan to tackle this? They're focusing on smart retrofitting. They install prefabricated insulation panels on the exteriors of existing buildings to reduce heat loss. At the same time, they incorporate renewable energy generation into the same project. So they're not only reducing energy loss, but also decarbonizing heating systems. That sounds like a comprehensive approach. But how do they decide which buildings to retrofit? And how do they design these custom insulating panels? That's where the AI comes in. They use it to select the most suitable projects based on a variety of factors like accessibility, typology, and roof conditions. They also use 3D scanning and digital design to automate the planning process. They can scan a building and adapt existing planning details to the specific size and type of the building, which saves a lot of time and resources. I see. So it's about using technology to streamline and optimize the process. But what about the actual installation? Is it disruptive for the residents? Not at all. The actual installation is quite quick, taking only four to six weeks. The residents don't even need to move out during the refit. They just need a couple of days access inside each apartment to replace the old windows and switch the plumbing to the new heat source. That's impressive. And this approach is effective in reducing energy consumption and emissions? Absolutely. According to Emanuel Heisenberg, the CEO and co-founder of EcoWorks, their system can reduce primary energy demand by 85% to 90%. The buildings end up producing more energy than the tenants use for heating, hot water, and electricity, thanks to the photovoltaic installation on the roof. Wow. So the buildings actually become energy producers. That's quite a turnaround. But I imagine this kind of retrofitting is quite expensive. Can they scale this model? Well, they're certainly working on it. They're focusing on residential apartment buildings for now, targeting housing associations and companies that own thousands of residential units. They've already completed several projects and have many more lined up. They're also considering expanding to other types of buildings, like schools, hospitals, and offices. That's encouraging to hear. With the urgency of climate change, solutions like this are more important than ever. And I guess it also shows how AI and other technologies can play a crucial role in addressing environmental challenges. Absolutely, Celeste. It's about using technology to drive change and make a real impact. And EcoWorks is certainly doing that. From making our buildings smarter and more energy efficient, let's now turn our attention to the world of e-commerce. Specifically, we're heading to Africa, where a unique platform is changing the way people shop for fashion and beauty products thanks to an impressive pre-seed funding round. Let's dive in. So Celeste, have you heard about this African fashion and beauty e-commerce platform, Maka? It's just raised a $2.65 million pre-seed round. Oh, Maka, yes, I've come across it. It's the brainchild of Diana Owusu-Kireko, isn't it? She used to be the CEO of Jumia Ghana. Correct, and she's not just sitting on her laurels. She's been busy transforming Maka into an interactive social commerce platform. It's all about live try-on hauls, reviews, user-generated content. So it's like a virtual shopping experience tailored to your style. That's clever. But how did she come up with this idea? Well, she was in Ghana during the pandemic and had a hard time finding inclusive fashion inspiration. She used to hop over to London for shopping, but with travel restrictions, she had to... So she had to seek alternatives, and that's when she noticed the gap in the market? 
Exactly. She started surveying people in Ghana and Nigeria, and she found out that shopping was a real challenge. Instagram was a wild card, traditional markets were stressful, and cross-border shopping had its own set of problems. And that's when she decided to create Maka to solve these issues, right? Absolutely. Maka is aimed at Africa's millennials and Gen Zers, a demographic that's been rapidly adopting technology. This has led to a growth in e-commerce penetration from 13% in 2017 to 28% in 2021, reaching 334 million users. That's impressive. But how does Maka address the trust issue in the buying process? Maka uses videos to connect users with trusted creators. Seeing items on a creator they trust gives users confidence in their purchasing decisions. Every customer can become a creator by... Wait, so customers can create video reviews of their purchases? That's a smart way to build community and trust. Exactly. And Maka also has a reward system to incentivize users to upload these video reviews. Each time a customer creator uploads a review, they earn points which can be converted into cash to shop on the platform. That's a win-win situation for the users in the platform. What's next for Maka? They're planning to use the funds to expand their team and operational development, enhance their technology, and deepen their presence in Ghana and Nigeria. I can't wait to see how Maka leverages technology to revolutionize e-commerce and the creator economy in Africa. Indeed, it's an exciting prospect. This investment could potentially unlock massive growth and impact on the continent.